God bless you as you give today. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? What? Doctor tells me I have bronchitis. I've been on meds for a few days and I'm waiting for them to kick in. Good to be in God's house today. Amen. There's a lot of stuff going on around and um, fist bump today, all right? A little healthier than some of the other stuff. What a great time we had last week as we delved into our relationship series. Um, Christy and I had the privilege of sharing together. What a blessing she's been in my life. The Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And... found a good thing a long time ago and she's been a blessing ever since most days <laughs> you know what that's like come on so a group of women were at a seminar on how to live in a loving relationship with their husbands <laughs> the women were asked this, this is real this is real this isn't a joke the women were asked, how many of you love your husband? All the women raised their hands. Then they were asked, when was the last time you told your husband you loved him? Some women answered today, a few yesterday, and some I can't remember. Well, the women were then told to take out their cell phones and text their husband, I love you, sweetheart. Next, the women were instructed to exchange their phones with one another and read aloud the text message they received in response to their message. Here are the responses from their husbands. Who is this? Uh, mother of my children, are you sick or what? <laughs> yeah, and I love you too. What's wrong? <laughs> I don't understand what you mean. <laughs> what now? Did you wreck the car again? Am I dreaming? <clears throat> Don't beat about the bush. Just tell me how much you need. <laughs> what did you do now? <clears throat> if you don't tell me who this message is actually for, someone will die. <laughs> and the last one. Your mother's coming to stay with us, isn't she? <laughs> Oh, relationships. Relationships are tricky, aren't they? It's interesting that uh, God put us on this earth and gave us the ability and the opportunity to have relationships. And it's a necessity for us. And everyone wants to have a good relationship. I, I've never met anyone who said, I want my relationships all to be bad. Right? Right? We all want to have good relationships. It's at the core of who we are. And relationships 
you know, in, in a relationship, it takes everyone doing their part to keep the ship afloat. Everyone doing their part to keep the ship heading in the right direction. Someone has said there's plenty of wind to sail every ship. We just have to hoist our sails in the proper way in order to catch the wind and send us in the right direction. And I think it's interesting. I've never done sailing as, as a sport at all, but I've, I've watched a little bit on television, and it's interesting to me that no matter which way the wind's blowing, if you just set your sails in the right direction, you can head in any direction you want. And sometimes we forget that in our relationships. And so we, we say, it's too windy, it's too this, it's too that, I can't. And yet, really, we can. If we'll just take the time to learn how to set our sails. You see, we live in a, in a world of posed pictures that show our highlight reel and not our behind-the-scenes real life. We start looking around at everybody else thinking, why isn't my life like that? And it, it's not just the advent of social media that has brought that about. I, I remember back when soap operas were a big deal and this fantasy life that was portrayed and romance novels and television shows and movies that... Everybody would throw up and say, that's what real relationships look like. And it's not. It's a false reality. And we live in this uh, highlight reel, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter world that sometimes can really mess up our minds. How many online friends do I have? How many likes did I get? How many followers? We have fake relationships that, you know, we can drop like a rock and move on to another online fake relationship. Come on, nudge your neighbor and say, he's talking real today. And we need to navigate and create real relationships and real moments for each other and for our children. Amen? We need to create some moments where we actually look into the eyes of each other. You, you can do that, right? You know how to do that? You take your phone and put it away. Or you turn the television off. Or you put the newspaper down. It's possible. Where we look into the eyes of each other. And we actually get below the surface to some real issues. In real life. And we learn how to walk hand in hand with God through whatever comes our way. It's possible. But it takes everyone doing their part. It takes us doing what we don't normally do because it may be out of our comfort zone. I was reading some, some statistics about men, um, everyday common men. And they, they place this man, they call him Everyday Jack. 
age 30 to 45. This is the highest consumer group of porn. The everyday man spends two and a half hours on his smartphone every day. I hate to see what the stats are for women. The average man, age 30 to 45, spends 3.4 minutes a day in talking to his kids. 3.4 minutes a day talking to his kids. And 17 minutes a week, the average time he talks to his wife. Seventeen minutes a week. He has a 50% chance of cheating on his wife. And because statistics don't lie, the common ordinary man spends a lot of time chasing the urgent over the important and consuming fantasy over investing in what really matters. And I would love to just tear that up, throw it away, and say, that's not really true. But I wonder what would happen if we changed some priorities. And, you know, men, we, we, uh, we respond to challenges more than criticism, and I'm not criticizing you today. But what if we just took on some challenges? What if we said, I'm not going to be the average man. I'm not going to be your average Joe, your average Jack. I'm going I'm to move to a new level. I'm going I'm to go outside the limits that society has kind of put on me. I'm going to rise up and become the man of God that he's designed me to be. Because, guys, I believe we can do better than that. Amen. We can do better than that. And God has called us to do better than that. And last week we talked about the ant, Proverbs 30, 25. Ants, they aren't strong, but they store up food all summer. And look at the ant. You don't have to be the biggest, the strongest, the wisest, the smartest. You just need long obedience in the same direction. Be steady, be faithful, be looking to the future. Say, God, what do you want? What, what do I want my future to look like? And then begin to move steadily, slowly in that direction. Ants aren't the strongest creatures, but they keep right on working. A little bit here, a little bit there. It's the, those little things that no one sees that result in every, what everyone wants. We talked about that last week. Those little actions that bring big results. Those little sticks that start a fire. Big decisions are important. But a truly meaningful life doesn't happen through a few big decisions. You build it by stacking Hundreds and hundreds of smaller ones together. I've had a few of my friends in ministry um, mess up their lives and ministry and their marriages. And it seemed like from the outside view that it was one big decision. I'm just going to sleep with her. She's not my wife, but I'm going to go ahead and sleep with her. And from the outside view, you, you've seen this person, you've known this person, you've, you've been near them, 
And yet, you really didn't catch the fact that it was small little choices along the way that eroded the big stuff. I mean, we're looking at, at the, uh, the rainstorms out in California right now and how roads are being washed away. It's eroding. But it doesn't just happen overnight. There are things that are happening. You notice the sinkholes all around. You know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, when's my house going to crumble, right? <laughs> Is there a sinkhole underneath my house? And spiritually speaking, I've got to beware of that. I've got to get to the point where I'm looking and saying, is there anything that's eroding away? Anything that's making me numb? Am I getting numb to anything? And if that's the case, then I've got to wake up. Pinch myself if I have to. Wake up and say, come on now. Let's not allow this to happen. Let's, let's get involved in the process. Let's do something ant-like. Let's start storing up for the winter. Let's take the moments we have and do whatever's necessary to prepare for the rains that are coming. Jesus said every house gets storms. You, you can guarantee you're going to have storms. It comes to everybody. I don't care who you are. If you think you, you live in the castle that doesn't have storms, it's coming. The question is, where's your house built? Is it built on a solid foundation? Are you doing the things necessary to keep you alive and with it? Not being numb. And so... My encouragement today is just take one step in the right direction. You can't run a marathon today unless you've been training, but you can start training today. Maria Robinson said, nobody can go back and start a new beginning, but anyone can start today and make a new ending. The decisions you make today determine the story you'll tell tomorrow. So let's figure out what kind of story we want to tell tomorrow. Rarely does success come without time, discipline, and hard work. And successful people often joke that they spent years becoming an overnight success. <laughs> what many don't realize is that it's the things no one sees that result in the things everyone wants. And it's through faithfulness. Faithfulness to do mundane things well, to develop productive habits, to remain faithful that eventually leads to success. And I said this last week, every marriage has wow days and vow days. And Landon repeated that to Allie this week. I heard him. He said, baby, this is a vow day. <laughs> and isn't it so true, though? There's some moments in life that we just need to say, I made a commitment, I'm going to stand by it, and I'm going to fulfill my vows. And so last week we gave you three take-home questions, and I hope some of you used them this week. And I'll give them to you again if you missed it. 
what do you need from me right now? It's a great question to ask your spouse. What do you need from me right now? Not that I can give it at this moment, but if I know what you need, I can work towards it, right? Anybody here today? Are you with me? Number two, what does your perfect you day look like? If you could do anything you wanted today, what would that be? Not that we're necessarily going to go do that, but I need some information so we can work towards that because I want to bless you. And number three, what can we improve on as a couple? What can we improve on as a couple? It's a great conversation starter. And that's not the time to attack. Right? It's to get some ideas on the table, things that we can work at. Because if I know what we need to improve on, then I'm moving in that direction. And the direction I'm headed will determine my destination. Direction determines destination. And so start moving in the direction that you want to end up at. What kind of story do you want to tell at the end of this? So move in that direction. Because that's where you'll be finding yourself at the end. James chapter 4 today. James 4 verse 1. I love James. He, he's very... Um, very down to earth. He, he writes in, in a way that just kind of cuts to the chase. And here's what he says in chapter, in chapter 4. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. James, tell us what you really think. <laughs> You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. And yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what gives you pleasure. Where do our fights and quarrels come from? Well, the reality is somebody's not getting their way. <laughs> and so we fight. Somebody's not getting what they want, and so we're quarreling. And you can go to the, the root of this at any level in any relationship and realize when there's a war, a fight, a quarrel going on, somebody's not getting their way. Because selfishness is at the core of every marital fight, every relationship fight. We want what will give us pleasure. If we don't get it, I'm going to take you on until I get what I want. And what a crazy way to live. And yet it's so our human nature. But we can't change what we don't acknowledge. And so there comes a point where you've got to acknowledge this in your life. You've got to acknowledge this in your relationships so you can 
put a spotlight on it, and get some help. James goes on to talk about humbling yourself before God. We've got to die to ourselves. We've got to crucify our desires and place God on the throne of our lives. Humble yourself to receive his grace. And then James says he will step in on your behalf. Humble yourself before God and he will exalt you in due time. He will give you what you need if you place yourself under him. Gary Thomas says, all of us are sinners, and because we married a sinner, we're going to see some ugly, ugly things. I just wish he'd get real. That's why our attitude towards another's sin will determine in large part the degree of intimacy we can achieve in marriage. A Pharisee might impress a mate, but he'll never get truly close to her because judgment repels intimacy as surely as heat melts ice. He says, you can compellingly state your case and clearly demonstrate how far your spouse has fallen short, but the judgment you render will kill intimacy in your own life. It won't kill sin in your spouse's life. Uh, that's some heavy stuff. But this is where a lot of us live. We got this huge, huge plank sticking out of our eye. We're trying to pick a speck out of our spouse's eye. We're walking around like this, hitting people right and left, and then we're going, let me, let me help you. Let me help you with that little speck. What would happen if we turned our attention to ourselves and said, God, go ahead and point out in me what needs to change. Take care of me. Do something in my heart that will absolutely make me the person you want me to be. Relationships, they're vital. They're vital to life. And marriage is the relationship that's going to test your maturity more than any other relationship. How big a baby are you? Get married, you'll find out. Right? How selfish are you? Hey, put a ring on it and, and start doing the thing of marriage. You'll find out that all of us, at the root and core of who we are, are selfish beings. Right, baby? We found that out early in our marriage. And when we had issues, we started realizing one of us wasn't getting our way. Somebody's not happy here. You know, children come into the world thinking it's all about them. Right? They show up. <laughs> and they start telling you, I'm not happy, I'm hungry, I'm wet, I pooped, I got all kinds of junk going on here. Help me out. It's all about me. And if you don't help me, I'm going to scream until you come. And if I'm not getting my way, I'm going to work it until I do get my way. 
And some of us have never been disciplined out of that. We've never gotten to the point where we just realize it's not all about me. Marriage. Marriage at its core is discipleship. <laughs> Ouch. And, and the reality is, God is using those closest to you to chip away at all the junk in your life. And that hammer hurts after a while. Because some of us just don't want to yield. We fight against it. And if we don't like that one, we get another one. We find out it's worse than the first. And a lot of people are relationally terrified. Let's be honest. Kids aren't wanting to get married nowadays because they're looking at, at what's happened. Very few have had good role models of love and marriage, a lot, of, a lot of brokenness in the world. So there's this huge learning curve for us. We're trying to figure it out. Say, okay, God, what in the world? And thankfully, God knew that, and so he gives us instructions to help us navigate this. I want to look at some of those this morning in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Are you still alive today? Yeah. Amen. Thank you for bearing with me today. I will not die, but live and will tell what the Lord has done. Paul the Apostle is writing to the church at Ephesus, and so he says in verse 21, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. A lot, of, a lot of people want to start with verse 22. Wives, submit to your husbands. But it's interesting that Paul doesn't start there. He starts with submit one to another. Submit yourselves to one another out of reverence for Christ out of realizing what Christ has done for you, then you do the same for those around you, especially those closest to you. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. He's the savior. And as the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives. How? Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her. He handed her the remote. Okay, I know I just started meddling there, but... Seriously, it's what it feels like sometimes, right? Okay, <laughs> here. <laughs> what? 
He gave up his life for her. Why? To make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. And he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. Amen. And sometimes it's kind of like what Isaiah was talking about with giving today. You think if I give, if I release this hold I have, then I'm going to lose here. But the reality is when you give, you're releasing yourself to receive. All of a sudden, the grip has come off of your hand, and all of a sudden, you've got an open hand able to receive what God has for you. And somehow, if we would understand, God has placed us in these relationships for our benefit and for his glory so that we can begin to live and become what God has designed us to be so that we can begin to bless and not curse. We can begin to, to give, not just to receive, but the reality is when I give, I'm open to receive. I'm not doing it selfishly. Jesus didn't do it selfishly. He didn't die for the church. He didn't give his life for the church to, to selfishly have a pure and holy bride. But the result of giving always is a blessing to yourself. You can't help it. You can't help but be blessed when you obey God's word and give. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it. Just as Christ cares for the church and we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So he boils it down to these two things. Wives, respect your husband. Husbands, love your wives. And he doesn't leave any room for guesswork here. What does that look like? Well, here's what it looks like. You lay your life down. You lay your life down for the ones you love. And so he's asking husbands to lay their life down just like Christ laid his life down for the church, just like Christ did everything so that the church could grow and become all that we're meant to be. And then he says, ladies, wives, respect your husbands. Because what every husband needs is respect. 
And what every wife needs is love. And sometimes we, we treat the waitress better than we treat our wife. Or we treat the guy in the grocery store with more respect than our husband. And it's deadly. And God's calling us to a higher standard. He's calling us higher. He's calling us to take on the challenge. I was reading about cancer cells. Cancer cells at their most fundamental level insist on only benefiting themselves. Cancer cells take only for themselves, giving nothing in return. And I believe God has called us to rid our marriages, our relationships of the cancer-taking, grabbing, greedy moments. I'm calling us to lay our lives down in a way that is pleasing to the Lord and ministers to our spouse. Grace, love, on the other hand, is all about giving. And you know what? It's okay to be where you're at, where you are right now. It's okay to be there, but it's not okay to stay there. God loves us just the way we are, but he loves us too much to leave us like that. He wants to keep moving forward with us. God always wants us moving forward, little by little, little by little. So why don't we just get started moving in the right direction? Zechariah says in Zechariah 4.10, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. The Lord rejoices. He gets excited when we start beginning, heading in the right direction, doing the right thing. Yeah, that wasn't right yesterday, but I can change that today. I can repent I can go back to the top, and I can start over again. I can start a new ending right now. Come on. Come on. Tell your neighbor, start a new ending right now. Let's get started. Let's get started. Pastor who does marriage counseling, he poses three questions for couples that have come for marriage help. And here they are. Number one, do you believe there's a God? Number two, are you willing to apply the principles of God's word to your life? And number three, Will you pray for the Spirit of God to strengthen you and your spouse? Do you believe there's a God? I believe there's hope for any relationship if you believe there's a God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that are not as though they are. There's hope for any relationship. There's hope for dead bones coming back together and rising up a mighty army. If you believe there's a God, and there is, and if you're willing to put into practice the principles of Scripture, 
God's word. There is hope for you. There's hope for any relationship you have. There's hope for your marriage. There is hope. There are sun standstill moments where we invite the miraculous power of God to hover over our marriage until a breakthrough comes. Lord, I'm not going to keep moving in the wrong direction. I'm going to make a stand here, and I'm going to say some things have got to go and some things have got to move forward, and I'm going to pray a sun-stand-still prayer and believe that you're going to invade this marriage. You're going to invade this relationship, and I'm believing for it. And yes, there will be some work on our parts as we apply the principles of God's word to our relationships. And if you're willing to pray for the Spirit of God to convict you where you're wrong, to show you the way forward as you humble yourself before the Lord, there's hope for any relationship, no matter how rocky it is, no matter how difficult it is. And God wants to show up and show off. Amen. Stand with me, please. Awesome God. Awesome God, we praise you. Would you just lift your hands and surrender to him this morning and in his presence. Just say, Lord, help me. I believe in you, Lord, and I'm asking for your help. And I'm willing, Lord, to do whatever it takes. I'm willing, Lord, to humble myself. I'm willing to lay my pride aside. I'm willing, Lord, to put your, your word into practice. I'm willing, Lord, I'm willing to humble myself in your presence. I'm willing, I'm willing, Lord. So I'm asking you to come. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to come. Show me what needs to be done. I invite you into my house. I invite you into my life. Some of you, you need to invite Jesus into your life for the first time today. You need to invite him to become the Lord of your life because that's when everything will change. That's when things will change. For some of us who have asked him to be Lord of our lives many years ago, some of us need to lay some things down even now and say, Lord, I've kind of kept you at arm's length in some of these areas in my life and my relationships. But today I'm asking you to show me what needs to take place. I'm asking you, Lord, to, to just open the windows of heaven and pour out some blessings so I can see, so I can see what's coming, so I can see, Lord, that you have great plans for me. You have hope for me. You have a future for me, Lord. You have plans for my success, not my failure. You have plans for this home. You have plans for this marriage. You have plans for this relationship. And so, Lord, today I just humble myself in your presence. Today, I just willingly invite you to come, Holy Spirit. Would you just say that this morning? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, come, Holy Spirit. 
do what only you can do. Come, Holy Spirit. Show me. Show me what needs to change in me. Forgive me of the sin that, that I have allowed into my life. Lord, cleanse me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Wash me. Make me brand new, Lord. Hover over our house today. Hover over our, our home, Lord. Hover over our marriage. Hover over our children. Hover over us, Lord. Hover, hover, Holy Spirit. Let your presence fill this temple. Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. We invite you, Lord. We invite you, Lord. Spirit of the living God. some broken relationships in this house for some of you it's not in your house it's in somebody else's house you've had issues you need to lay those down today as James says where are the quarrels and fights coming from well maybe you didn't get your way Maybe things didn't turn out the way you thought they should. You're still holding on to junk. The Spirit of the Lord says today, humble yourself. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And in His time, He'll lift you up. Do what you need to do and make things right. For some of us, it's in our marriage. We need to do what we need to do to make things right. We need to start some conversations. Not attack conversations, but simply conversations that are filled with humility and grace. Lord, I just speak grace in this place today. Grace. Grace of God. Grace of God. Grace. Cover us. Grace, cover us. Grace of Jesus. And may we face the truth in the midst of grace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Take somebody by the hand right now. Let's pray one for another. Lord, let grace through, flow through my friend, my loved one. 
to this person who is a part of the body of Christ. <coughs> Let grace and mercy just flow in Jesus' name. Let peace rule. The peace of Christ, let it rule in our hearts and lives. Let it rule in our relationships. Let it rule in our homes. Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come Holy Spirit. Cover us, I pray. Cover us, Lord. Cover us in our relationship with our children, with our parents. Cover us. Cover us, Lord, with your grace, your mercy. May grace and mercy flow out of us freely, freely, freely. May forgiveness flow today in the name of Jesus. I'm asking for a miraculous move of your forgiveness, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, and by the power in that name. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We humble ourselves today. We humble ourselves in your presence today. We humble ourselves before you, Lord God Almighty, because we know you oppose the proud, but you give grace to the humble. You give grace to the humble. And you're pouring out grace this morning. Grace beyond measure. Grace. Grace. Hallelujah. We're going from grace to grace, from faith to faith. We're moving forward. We're moving into new realms, into new territory. Because, Lord, you're doing a work that no man can do. Spirit of the living God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for miracles in this house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for miracles in this house today, Lord. Lord, there are some miracle moments happening right now, and I thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The past is being dropped, and the present is coming into focus, and the future is bright because we're going to do things your way, Lord. We're going to do what you ask us to do. We're going to put your principles to work. We're going to love. We're going to respect, Lord. We're going to forgive. We're going to get our hearts right with you. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, let forgiveness flow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you with everything that I am. Awesome, almighty God. Awesome, Almighty God. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. I surrender all to you, Jesus. I surrender all to you, Jesus. Hey, yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
believe there's a God? Are you willing to apply the principles of God's word to your life? If you're not, really there's no help. But if you are, God will rush in. He will do what you can't do as you humble yourself before him. He'll perform a miracle. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of us are standing here because of that. We're still standing. We're still married. Because we've been willing to put the principles of God's word into action. And we've been willing to pray for the spirit of God to strengthen us. To flow through us. To keep us on the right track. God is no respecter of persons. He'll do that for you as well. Amen? Amen. So now, Lord, I just pray blessings and favor upon your children today. We realize the importance of relationships. And Lord, even this marriage relationship is so huge because it's a picture of Christ and the church. It's a picture of how things are supposed to look. That's why there's such a, a bullseye target on our marriages. There's a bullseye target on every relationship because it's a picture of what unity is supposed to look like. And so, Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would strengthen us, strengthen our relationships, strengthen our homes strengthen our spouse surround us with your hedge of protection and may the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us every single day of our life as we submit to you in your way Holy Spirit of God place a cocoon around us around our homes Cover us, cover us, cover us, cover us with all that you are. We give ourselves to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Have a great week. May God anoint you to be Jesus with skin on. To somebody who needs God's love.